Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Thank you for being here as ever. Hope you're in good form, despite the fact that this football team and this football club continue to punch us in our in our bits, the sensitive bits, the bits that really hurt. You know the bits I'm talking about. They're just like, punching us in them. And we're like, ah, just stop. Or at least tell me why it is you're punching me in the private, really sensitive bits. Why are you doing this? What's happening? Just give me an explanation. I'm not going to say I I like it, but, you know, just tell me why you're doing it. And they say nothing. They just continue to punch us where it really hurts. So despite that, I I hope you're all right. Now, if you listen to the Arsecast Extra on Tuesday, it was on Tuesday this week, because, of course, we played on Monday. You'll remember Monday. Remember that cracking game on Monday? That's right. Travel to Selhurst Park to face a Sam Allardyce side. Sam Allardyce, Crystal Palace. And we, we know what happened. We don't need to go over what happened and how it all happened and why it happened and everything else. You know, But, but if you did listen to the Arsecast Extra on Tuesday. God, I forgot that. Within an instant. I think there's something wrong with my brain. Anyway, um, you'll know that James and I discussed pretty much everything that that happened during the game, after the game. We discussed the manager and his situation and Stan Kroenke and Ivan Gazidis and the board and their spineless, cowardly ways, still not saying a single word about what's happened. And pretty much the whole club has gone into media lockdown this week. There hasn't been another word said about anything. Nothing. We don't know any more than we knew before we went into the Crystal Palace game. So I was thinking, what the fuck are we going to do with this podcast? Why... Why, how, what, where, when, etc. The great questions of journalism. Who, as well, is in there? That's one of the questions of journalism. But you know, it was like, well, what can we, what can we say that hasn't already been said? What can we do that hasn't already been done? It's not like there was something in the newspapers this week or information that we could take and continue to speculate over, because ultimately, that's all we're doing. Maybe there was a little bit from Ivan Gazidis, a little bit of leaky stuff, some more war chest, war chest. Oh my goodness, 200 million. The 200 million Arsene Wenger war chest that we have got at our disposal this summer. Nobody saw that coming, but of course, people will look at stories like that and think, come on, come on, seriously, just stop. 200 million pounds, that's the war chest. Ivan Gazidis talking to the Telegraph, or somebody talking to the Telegraph anyway, to say that despite the fact people think that Stan Kroenke doesn't care, he really does care. He's in constant communication over what's going on. He's he's very, very interested in all the things that are going on at Ars, Arsplen, Arsenal, Arsenal, what's, what, what's the name of the football club? Arsenal. Arsenal. Uh, Yes, he's very interested. He's taking a very keen uh, interest in what's going on. He's watching with his great sporting footballing eye from afar, from wherever it is, in the Rocky Mountains. Is he in Colorado? Is he in Missouri? Is he on his Texas ranch? The Texas ranch that he's uh, evicting people from because it's only 750 million acres and there's some people living on the edge of it near a lake where they've lived for 500 years, their entire family, and he's, you know, 
know, kicking them out to go live under a bridge. But no, he's very, very, very interested in what's going on at Arsenal. But apart from that, you know, nothing much has happened this week. And what has happened, that stuff I've been talking about is all a big load of old bollocks anyway. You don't need to have a master's degree from Oxford in bollocksology to know that that is some of the biggest load of bollocks that any of us have ever heard. And I was thinking, well, look, I just can't do it. I can't do another podcast where I talk to somebody in earnest about the things that are going on because nobody can provide more insight. Nobody has got anything different. We, can, we There's nothing. We're all just speculating. And I was like, okay. So what we did, what I'm doing, what I have done is a little bit of a phone-in show where we opened up the Skype line, we opened up the phone line, and people rang in and they could decide what it was they were going to talk about. And they did. They talked about various things uh, to do with the football club. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was varied. That's what I'm going to say. It's a varied conversation or a number of varied conversations with people from all over the world, from Australia to America, from Nigeria to... To to Aberdeen. I have never been to Aberdeen. That was a completely uh, accidental rhyme there. I am not freestyling off the top of my dome. It's not what I'm. It's not what I'm about, really. You know, my raps are they're private. Essentially, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Not gonna share them with anyone. But look, we're here. We're facing a weekend without Arsenal, so I couldn't not do a podcast. So we've done this podcast. And I think we should just get on with it. So thank you, uh, as ever, for being here. And uh, let's open up the phone lines to Arsenal fans from all over the world. The number you have reached has been disconnected. Hi, this is Howard calling from London. Hey, Howard from London. How are you? Um, brilliant, yeah. Quite shocked to get through straight away. That's uh, pretty impressive. You're the first, so uh, you're a quick, quick off the draw there, so well done. Excellent. That means my question isn't a repeat of somebody else's. That's a good thing. True. What, so what's the question? Well, I'm just wondering, can Jack Wilshire be the new Santi Gazzola? Can we bring him back and have him as a little left-footed Santi Gazzola style playmaker? Or do you think we need to look elsewhere for that? Hmm. Can he be the new Santi Cazorla? No, I don't think so, because I think the thing that stands out to me about Santi Cazorla is just how two-footed he is. You know, he's so amazing with with both feet, and Jack is very much one-footed. He's a left-footed player, and he can't play the same way as Santi Cazorla. You know, he he strikes me as a guy, Wilshire, who, who we miss at times, because you obviously watched the Palace game, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, it struck me at times that as we passed the ball around and around and around and around, we missed a player like Jack Wilshire and like Rosicki who who just had that little bit of penetration, the ability to get between the lines, the defensive setup of the opposition, you know, who, who'd burst forward with a bit of a dribble or a bit of pace. And I think that's what Jack yeah. Wilshire could do more than dictate play the way that Santi Cazorla does, you know. Um, now, whether he comes yeah. back and stays fit, I'm, I'm not not sure he stayed fit at Bournemouth, but his form hasn't been particularly good. So, so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see see what happens in the summer. You like think everything he will else, come back? I think he will come back. Yeah, but whether he stays is another question that that I'm not quite sure of because uh, you know, well, it's it's hard to be sure of anything that's going to happen this summer. But you know, with with just uh, twelve months left on his contract. Um, they've got to act quickly. I think we'll know relatively early in the summer if he's going to stay. I think uh, yeah. that if they if he is going to stay, they'll offer him a new deal, probably very close to the end of the season, if not just when the season has ended. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then I think that will be a sign we'd be prepared to let him go. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, since Thomas Rosicki left, we definitely needed that player to drive the midfield forward a bit. So if he can do that then I'll be happy with that, I think. All right. Well, listen, Howard from um, London, thank you very much for being the first caller. Um, no, thanks for having me uh, on your show. Appreciate not at it. all. Not at all. All right, what we're going to do, I'm going to take another one now, if I can do that. Right. Good luck. Thank you. Hello there. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Who's this? I'm good. This is Danny hey. uh, from North Carolina. Hey, Danny from North Carolina. How's it going out there? Oh, I can't complain, uh, besides uh, ridiculous government not letting people pee in bathrooms, but it's all right. Peeing in bathrooms should be a fundamental human right, if you ask me, but there you go. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so what can, what do you want to chat about today? 
Oh, I got I got two ideas. Do you want a serious Arsenal question or a silly fun Arsenal question? Let's let's do both of them, but let's do them relatively quickly. So because we'll try All and right. get through as many calls as possible. So let's do the serious one first. Sounds great. Uh, I was thinking about this. We've had all these discussions about strikers at Arsenal, and we always want to sign a new striker every summer. But I was wondering if maybe our efforts would be better suited to actually signing a real winger, because we seem to always play midfielders and wingers. Uh, and I've wondered uh, what you thought about that. I think that Ramsey wide, we play uh, Wobie wide, all these players, Ox, that have their future in the midfield, and yet we play them wide. Mm, that is a really good um that's a really good question. I think if you could find a really good winger, that would be a fantastic idea. It's trying to find exactly who that is, because you think of someone like Robert Perez, who, who would, you wouldn't put down as traditionally a, a, a winger as such in the sense that I think you're talking about, but is somebody who is really effective out there. So I think it's about finding somebody who's, who's super effective and can provide and who can score goals from, from wide positions. I mean, the thing about it is, you, you look at Theo Walcott, he's got 19 goals this season. Right. And if you were to spend X amount of money on a player who scored 19 goals this season, you got, you'd say you've got like good return on your money. But when it's Theo Walcott, because we have this weight of history with Theo and everything else, you're kind of going, well, you know, we could still do with a, a bit of an upgrade there. But yeah, I think, um, I think it's an area that we could seriously improve on, um, particularly in terms of getting service into the strikers and, and also, you know, players who are willing to take other players on rather than just go backwards with the, with the right. next pass, you know? Yeah, and I, I seem to think it would probably help us with our width issue too. We have all these players that want to work back inside, and and I think, and you know, we have Theo who will kind of play off the shoulder, but he's not really going to provide consistent width because yeah. he still has a tendency to work inside as well. Sure, sure. Okay, well let's uh, let's have the silly question then, seeing as we're here. All right, if you could put one superhero on Arsenal, who is it? Superman. <laughs> that's an easy one come it, on it is well it is an easy one because all the others would probably get disqualified because Hulk would you know, Hulk would be bashing people and Thor would hit people with his hammer and Spider-Man would be shooting webs on people and getting sent <laughs> off whereas Superman is just really quick really strong uh, the uh, laser eyes could be a liability well you know you'd have to tell him to rein those uh, tendencies in I think um, but yeah, it just strikes me Superman would probably be the best. Or, or uh, you know, if you're playing a goalkeeper, the stretch guy from the Fantastic Four, he could be quite uh, good. I like where your head's at on that one. That's a good one. All right. Well, listen, thanks, uh, Danny from North Carolina. Um, we're going to take another call. Uh, enjoy right. weeing wherever it is you can wee out there. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. Keep up the good work. Too, Thank you. Cheers. Hello. Hi, this is Andrew. It is. Hi, who's this? This is Brad. I'm in South Korea at the moment. It's one o'clock, I think. Wow. Wow. Europe late. Having fun? Yes. Yeah. All good. Uh, mine is football related, but yes, all good. Okay. Well, you know, are we going to talk about football? I mean, do you want to talk about football? I, listen, I'm here to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I've had on my mind for quite a while, Andrew. Um, just relating to wages. Um, let's say... We lose Sanchez, we lose Ozil, mm. uh, because they want too much, uh, at, at least according to Wenger. Um, isn't that just a circle that kind of screws itself over? Because then we have to try and replace them with someone almost to that quality, but they wouldn't be coming to us for less wages if you have a team like PSG or even Everton, let's say, in the future, offering them 50000 more. Mm. You know, I, I think it's probably one of the most difficult things that managers have to deal with is the wages issue because uh, I don't know if you saw the story that was out today and I'm not sure yeah, how... It's about 300,000. Yeah, 300,000. So immediately you offer Alexis Sanchez 300,000. So that tells everybody that you're prepared to pay that kind of a wage to that kind of a player. But what it also does is it, it, um, it, it skews everything else. So a guy, let's say, who might consider himself not quite as good as Sanchez or quite as important as Sanchez, but but pretty close. Let's say he's earning, let's say Sanchez is earning 140 grand now and he's earning 100 grand now. He can live with that, I think. But what he yeah. can't live with is Sanchez on 300 grand and him still on 100 grand. That's where it becomes a, a big issue, I think, for football clubs. And I'm again, I'm not sure whether that's true about Sanchez. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about it is, is... Uh, 
you also have to factor in the transfer fee as well. If a if a player, uh, if you let Sanchez and Ozil go, you've got to pay a transfer fee, signing on fee, agents fees, bonus fees, all these kind of things you've got to pay uh, to 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 get a new player in. And that's where I think it becomes quite complicated for for clubs is trying to balance that against what it means to the rest of the squad if you if you offer those uh, really high wages. Of course. I was just, but then, I mean, at the same time, who do you think isn't worth the wages that they're currently supposedly on? Well, that's a that's a good question. In the current market, you know, you could probably say that uh, players are are not getting as much as they should. Some of them, um, yeah. and I don't know exactly how much each player is getting, to be honest. But you know, it's Arsenal pay well, but we don't pay the biggest wages in the Premier League. You know, there are players on much, much, much right. more. You know, Manchester United, like whatever Zlatan is on at Manchester United is a ridiculous amount of money because he came on a free transfer. But, you know, he, he's scored the goals and he's got the, the history to say that perhaps that's what he what he should be paid. So, you know, it's it's difficult to say who's who's not worth it. You know, the guy who's playing poorly this week or this month is not worth it. You know, next month, if he scores five goals, he probably is, you know. Yeah. So it, it all uh, it all balances out in the great cosmic wage scheme. <laughs> um, Lastly, so, yeah. I just wanted to, to know, do you think, I mean, let's say it, it's seeming a little bit daunting, but if we don't make it into Europe, then you'll have players such as, let's say, Bellerin even coming and saying, well, you know, pay me up a little bit more, otherwise... I might look into Barcelona or you have people like, I don't know, Jack Wilshire or someone, Ramsey even for all we know, mm. who might use as a little bit of a, of, of a marketing tool for their wages. Maybe so. You know, I get like why European football is really important to players because the prestige of playing in the Champions League, that's what they want and, you know, and everything else. My feeling on that, though, would be this season that despite the fact that we point fingers at the manager and the owner and everything else that's going on, the players too have a responsibility uh, for the way this season has gone. And if they're not in Europe next season, maybe you could say to them, you know, you've got to play your part in getting us back there because you were in some ways responsible for us falling out of that. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. What I would worry about is that A, players like Ozil and Sanchez, that might be the thing that makes them really want to leave and also it makes it more difficult to attract the players that you want to attract. If you really need to attract top-class players and you don't have Champions League football, it becomes uh, a little bit more difficult, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, listen, uh, good to talk to you, Brad, out in South Korea. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Take it easy, man. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Hello. 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 Hey. Did I get through? You did. Hi. Who's this? Holy shit. Holy shit, man. Uh, my name's Daniel Hunter. Hey, Daniel Hunter. Where are you calling from? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. That's miles from here. It's, it sure is. It sure is. How are you doing today? I'm still in disbelief that I got through. That's okay. Um, yeah, I literally just have only been up for about a half hour and got on my phone, you know, as your normal person does, and saw that you got, you were doing this on Twitter and was like, fuck it, might as well, I'll give it a call. Fuck <laughs> it, why it. not? Exactly, exactly. You only live once, you know, what could be more exciting than talking to a random Irishman about football? <laughs> I feel like I'm on the pod right now. Jesus. <laughs> well, you're not yet, but you will be tomorrow. Well, provided, you know, the, the level of this conversation gets a little bit better. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, fuck, Arsenal? Um, yeah. I... I can't think of anything at this moment. I didn't. <laughs> oh, you were just you were just ringing. With, you were just ringing sorry? to see if you could get through. Yeah, I didn't even think I would get through. Honestly, uh, you haven't given this enough thought. No, I haven't. Um, I think the biggest thing right now that I could think of is I didn't get to see the West Ham game. You didn't get to Everyone, see it. No, I was telling this to my brother um, that uh, getting to uh, see the West Ham game was just kind of like. For everyone else, you get to uh, have that moment of, you know, basking in the sun again that we won. Mm. And I didn't get that because I had to work. You had to work. What do you do for a living? Yeah, I'm a server and just, uh, you know, do your average job. But, uh, sure, sure. Well, we had the game on and everything, and I got to uh, see that we were winning, which was great, but didn't actually get to watch any of the game. And then... I mean, I might watch a game occasionally after it's uh, it's all taken place. But sure. I mean, 
once you see the highlights, kind of what's the point sometimes? Yeah. Well, look, l- let me tell and, you, man, the, the, the glow didn't last very long. Oh, that is for damn certain. <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah, is. After the, holy shit, that Palace game. Yeah, there was. I mean, great, we we wake up for games here at any time. Like, I'll, I'll get up at four occasionally, and the first thing you do is either break out a beer for the state of things or coffee. Sure, sure. But uh, Jesus, Palace was holy shit, man. That was. I bet you uh, wish you had to work for that one. I did. I yeah. did. I wish. I wish I hadn't got up. I told. <laughs> I think it was the West Brom game. It was either Palace or West Brom. But I told my brother will wake up, but he's not as much of a morning person. Right. And I just told him I was like, dude, go back to bed. Go back to bed. You're going to be angry. It'll be a bad day for you. Just go. <laughs> and did he? He did. He oh, did. He listened. That's good. And, that's, uh, that's some good brothering right there. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of the hope with the City game and the then the West Ham, obviously. But it was just like, I think, at least because I've only been really paying attention since about 2011, 2012. Like, right. I, I, I was an Arsenal fan right when it all started, you know, like, with, mm. for me, at least with the Invincibles. And so I got to see just that last little bit. And then it's kind of like been highs and yeah. lows. It's like getting some really, really good drugs. And then everything else has been just not quite anywhere near as good. And they're getting worse. Now it's just basically ground up flour and stuff, you know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. listen, we're gonna, I'm going to go and take another call. Um, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being so well prepared as well. I appreciate that. Uh, next time I'll I'll make the assumption I get through and actually have something more to to talk about I promise alright man listen take it easy thanks for calling yeah thank you I'll try again alright cheers bye bye hello Uh, hello Andrew yes hello who's this Uh, my name is Mark how's it going I'm here in California hey Mark we're getting people from all over the USA we've had Portland we've had North Carolina and now California so well, you know, I really like seeing your post uh, this morning about Cranky being in trouble. I just read that article last night. What's your uh, take about, on him? You know, you've been pretty spot on with it. You know, it's an investment for him, and um, he's making good money out of it. So mm. he doesn't see a problem with it. But I think for people who support the football club, it's clearly not what they have in mind. Yeah. Uh, because, um, yeah, go on. But uh, I'm thrilled to be on with you. I've been listening to your stuff for a long time. You know, we, you have big support out here in the U.S. Oh, great. Well, we've been out there a few times, and it's always been uh, fantastic. We've always had good fun out there, I have to say. You know, I, I, the other day you had a question about the, the British core of the team, and obviously, you know, when those contracts were signed years ago, there mm. was hope that they would be the core of the team, you know, obviously with Wilshire out on loan um, and some of those players not having panned out. It doesn't really seem like a British core, but um, I actually have a French background myself, and I actually – feel like when we were strongest we actually had a good french core to the team you know uh the invincibles obviously with Henri and pires and Vieira and mm. bill Tord and um even you know even five six years ago you know maybe not the same caliber player but you know we had sonia uh you know we had nasri although we don't like him too much anymore you know sure. dallas diaby um cliche you know we had a few and these days it seems like we have a little bit less of that French core. You know, obviously, Kessiani is a big is a big mainstay in the squad, and Giroud hasn't gotten as many minutes as he has in the past, and we've got Coughlin. But, um, you know, the, those numbers have kind of gone down. And if you look at, um, you know, the players in the French national team are still quite strong, and I think um, that might be something that has caused us some trouble. You know, if we had maintained a strong French core, you know, there was talk of us getting – um, you know, that guy Sadibi who went to Monaco, mm. you know, obviously we were in for Conte this summer. Um, you know, there's been a lot of Griezmann talk, you know, we've seen Pogba go to Man United, but, um, you know, British football is what it is, but I, I think the English Premier League is great because of the foreign players that are there. Yeah. And if anything, when I look at the Arsenal squad, it seems like if we had maintained more of that French core to our team, maybe that's what made the squad a little more special, and that's some of the attributes that we're lacking. These yeah, days. you know, what, what I think it was, was in the very early stages, obviously the first part of Arsene Wenger's reign, he knew France much better than anybody else in the Premier League. He had this amazing knowledge of the French League, of the young players that were playing, not just at you know Monaco and uh, the club that he managed, but across the league. So he knew who was doing what, he was able to attract these players. Like someone like Vieira, when he came in, not many people knew who the hell Patrick Vieira was, but all of a sudden you had yeah. this colossus of talent there. And and even, you know, uh, recently I did a thing with, with, with Robert Perez, 
an event with him. And, and at the time, he had the choice to go to... Uh, it was between Arsenal, Real Madrid, and I think he said either Juventus or Roma. And the reason that he chose Arsenal was A, because of Arsene Wenger, because he, the reputation that he had at the time, but also because the fact Thierry Henry was there, because um, uh, Patrick Vieira was there, because there had been such a French connection with the Arsenal side. And now I think that, that advantage is gone because Arsene Wenger is not the only person who knows the French league yeah. very well. There are others who, who uh, have uh, sent their scouts out there and scouting networks have improved and and so our little advantage in that area is gone and uh, unfortunately the best French players aren't at Arsenal anymore so yeah, yeah no, that's have, a great point actually. you could have yeah, a point it, there it seemed like France was somewhere where he had a he had an edge and these days France is mm. really a development point for a lot of the big clubs across Europe yeah um, no that's a, that's, a, that's a good point well thank you again for, all, for having me on you know it's a pleasure listening to you and, and, and uh, even these tough times you help you help put things in perspective. So thanks a lot for having me on, Andrew. All right, my pleasure, Mark. Take it easy, man. Cheers. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hello. How are you? Sorry, man. I really wasn't expecting uh, you to answer. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Who am I talking to? Uh, my name is Khusay. I'm from Jordan. From Jordan. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. How are you? I'm okay. Thanks. I'm okay. What do you want uh, to talk about today? Um. Not too sure. I was, I was going to ask you to really... I know you really don't want to talk about Arsenal too much, but... No, we can, of course. Uh, what, do, you really, do you really think there is a possibility that we finish in the top four this season, or do you think it's completely gone by now? I think that it's going to be really, really difficult. It's not gone because we still have enough games and there's enough points left to win uh, uh, to get ourselves into the top four, but I think we're... We're depending on our own form to pick up and we're also depending on the form of other clubs to to dwindle, to fall off. And the way we're playing at this moment, it's it's very difficult for me to see us finishing in the in the top four, which is uh, you know, is gonna be a new experience uh yeah, for, yeah, for a exactly. lot of people who've been used to seeing Arsenal finish in the top four year after year after year. That's exactly what I was going to say because I, I was listening to the Arscast yesterday, the Arscast Extra. And yeah. You, when you were talking about the, when the, someone asked you about what is the club. And I thought recently, especially since, you know, 2006 or something, mm. which is how long I've been a fan because I'm only 20. So I've never really experienced anything other than Wenger. Sure. You know, so uh, that's part of why we would kind of assume the club, you know. Yeah. It's always finishing in the top four. You're always going to guarantee the season and the team to off and we weren't going to finish we were going to finish behind Spurs there was always a bit of that kind of little dying light that was that was giving you the impression that we might just do it and we might just finish above but it doesn't really seem like it this year it doesn't it doesn't feel like it unfortunately your line is getting a bit um jumbled I, I couldn't really hear you there towards the end so I'm going to go yeah and, sorry sorry yeah I'm, no it's not I'm a problem yeah. it's not a problem but listen thank you for calling and uh well let's keep thank fingers you, crossed you, maybe a miracle will happen all right all right see you cheers Hello? Hello? Hello, Andrew. How yes. Are you? Hey, hi, hi. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I'm a big fan. Big fan of the Arshgast. Great. Who's, who am I talking to? Uh, you're talking to Ewan from uh, Aberdeen. Ewan from Aberdeen. Yes. So I would, uh, I was just like to speak about Monday night, you know, and the players got a lot of stick. Mm. Um, especially that Mez Ozil and Sanchez. And I mean, I feel, I feel like you can't really criticize them fully because at least they were trying to get into the game you know they were dropping deep it's not the ideal position for them to be in but you know they're trying to get on the ball and you compare that to the performance of you know Theo Walcott who quite frankly is a ghost mm. and he's been a ghost for the most of the season apart from a couple of home games you know mm. and I just think you can't give the captain's armband to someone like that who just doesn't turn up and then he comes out in the post-match interview and he just sort of protects himself, really. Yeah. He comes out with sort of nonsense excuses. No, I mean, look, I'd agree. I don't think um, Theo Walcott is, is a captain. I don't think he's that kind of a player. I don't think he's much of a talker on the pitch. I don't think he's one of those guys who, who leads by example. Um, and what he said, I think, frankly, was 
was ludicrous to say that they knew that the the other team wanted it more. I'm not even sure he meant that. I just think he's just so jumbled up with with useless sound bites that that was something he said that he thought fans wanted to hear. Um, um, a default yeah a just default sort of response, yeah. yeah sort of media training thing but I, you know in terms of the players getting some stick I mean 100% it was deserved like yeah but I mean you know the players that are getting the brunt of it are ones that you know trying to get on the ball mm. trying to make passes happen you know Xhaka had a poor game but he's still trying to play balls over the top you know but yeah I, I walk up yeah I don't. Th- I don't really think it was aimed at one player in particular, you know. And I think the other thing is that fans have have made their feelings known about the manager for a while. They've had protests. They've had demonstrations. They've sang songs about Cronky. They've sang songs about Ivan Gazidis. Um, and and what's happened is that nobody at the club has paid any attention to that. Nobody has really addressed the concerns that fans have. With the manager, with the board, with what's going on, with this terrible situation that's going on at the club right now, and I know it's all relative, but you know, in 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 real terms, from our from an Arsenal context, it's as bad as it's been for a really long time, decades. It hasn't been yeah. this bad, and what what I think is that the, I think the players are are the kind of the last uh, option available, and they're close, they're right there. They're only yeah. yards away, whereas you can't. You don't have access to Ivan Gazidis. You don't have access to Stan Kroenke. Arsene Wenger sitting in the touchline on the on the far side of the pitch, you know, from the away fans. So you don't really have that access. So I think that's probably a, a part of it was fans just not know not knowing who else they can make yeah. their point to. You know. Yeah, I guess you say like in the past weeks and months, it starts off with fans trying and uh, Wenger. And then, and then it goes on to the board and Gazidis and Kroenke. Mm. And yeah, I totally agree. Like the abusing, or not abusing to say, but chanting at the players is probably the last resort for a lot of fans. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And it's a shame when it comes to that because when the relationship between, you know, the fans and the players, not just a single player, uh, is is under threat or is breaking down, that's a really, it's a really bad thing for any football team and for any football club. So. We'll yeah. have to see. We'll have to see. Anyway, listen, uh, thanks a million for your call. Thanks for having me on, and uh, have a good day. You too, man. Take it easy. Cheers. Cheers. All right, we're going to take a very short break here, right in the middle of the podcast. We'll be back with more calls right after this. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello. Oh, I got through. It's like phone and Joe Duffy. Andrew, Peter. Oh, Peter Donegan, how are you? I'm fantastic, my man. So tell me, what's on your mind today? Uh, there's a couple of things, Andrew, to be quite fair. Uh, I'll start with the more serious matters that are the ones that seem to come up over and over again, which is like watching an episode of Bridget Jones' Diaries meets uh, EastEnders, and that is the Wenger in Out Brigade. And to be fair after our most recent performance, uh, the controversy of should or shouldn't we hold on to Ozil and Sanchez. To be honest with you, I would have done a Roy Keane and left them all off the team bus in hindsight. That's the first thing. Right. Uh, I'll I'll discuss this with you further. The second thing is, where is the truck gone from James's phone calls? And third of all, and finally, 
I wrote to Dave O'Leary when I was seven years of age. I wrote to him again when I was 32 and I have not ever heard from him in return. Okay, well, let, me, going on to, let yeah. me address those things uh, in reverse Please. order. In reverse order. Um, your, your unanswered missives to David O'Leary, my, my feeling yeah. is that he was so taken with the eloquence and heartfelt nature of your communication that he has yet to find it within himself to respond to that in an appropriate way. He's thinking, I don't have the linguistic or written skills to give back to this man or this young man who was seven and is now 32 and is now older than that again. I just, he doesn't have the ability. That's it. I think you may have to give up on that one because I don't think he will ever be able to to give you what you want. James's Laurie. James's Laurie. Yeah. I'm afraid that's gone. That was That was a different street in London. So we uh, we are looking for a replacement, perhaps a truck, uh, a van, or given the way that things are going at this moment in time, we might take one of those three-wheeled vehicles that they drive in only fools and horses. That's that's where we're going with that. But we're we're uh, we're we're having auditions. Um right. As for uh, uh Arsene Wenger, Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, uh, I wish I could provide you with as much clarity on that as I have done with the other two um, questions that you have. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what is going to happen, why it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, or anything else. I just don't. Well, Nobody well, does. Let, well, let me, let, me put, let me put this to you, because I've, I've heard over the last few episodes, and, and to your credit, I understand where it comes from, and I understand and I appreciate where the fans part comes from, in that you know, like you said, it's it's people going to a Sunday game. It's a little bit more, or, or what was a Sunday or Saturday game. Mm. It's a little bit more than just a sport. And and I heard the discussion that you had, re, uh, Paul Pogba from Ken He's a really good one a couple of uh, weeks ago where mm. he was talking about Pogba and what he does on the pitch and all of this kind of malarkey, if we might call it that, for a minute. But in credit, or to be fair, I, I did look at Arsenal losing 3-0 and I know we lost a game and, and, and as lifelong Arsenal fans you're entitled to take it a little bit to heart and maybe say you're not fit to wear the shirt etc but to me I looked at 11 10 players as you rightly said Emmy Martin is, maybe deserves uh, a little bit more than what the rest of the players kind of got which is that he was left on his own but surely to God we're at a point where you have to turn around and go based on that 10 grown men basically fans chant in mind you're not fit to wear the shirt should stand up and be counted and I guess in that as well is there a point where we fall into a little bit of a what happened with Leicester you noted it previously which was the Mourinho thing of they just didn't turn up I understand they may have fallen out a little bit of love with the manager maybe we don't know that but is there a case where you do have to turn around kick yourself up the backside and say uh, number one, we're grown men. We should take our out of our trousers and we should play like that. Mm. And number two, are we at the point where we're missing that? Uh, what I referred to midweek, uh, which was a a Roy Keane, a a Patrick Vieira, a Tony Adams. Uh, I, I mean, I, I remember mm. watching Liam Brady playing in a game. I think it was against Hungary, and he, and he punched some uh, other player in in the stomach, walking backwards up the pitch pre the days of you could be punished uh, retrospectively, yeah. let's call it that. But but in hindsight, it struck me that we're kind of missing a man or a person or an individual to turn around and say, like, come on, like, come sure. on, like if you don't do it, I'm going to I'm going to larp you uh, yeah. verbally or otherwise. Is are we at that point and leaving Arsene Wenger slightly out of it? Yeah, well, maybe um, I'm, I'm going to make this very brief because I've got to take more calls, but. Yeah, sure. we are missing that those kind of characters, I think. But the the, the thing about a Tony Adams, a Patrick Vieira, a Roy Keane, um, players like that and captains like that and leaders like that is that they're rare. The reason they stand out to us is because they are not 10 a penny. And I think if every team could have one of those players, they would have. They would have them um, week in, week out. But they're not easy to find. Uh, now, that's not to say that those players shouldn't take more responsibility and shouldn't have a bit more character and fight about them. I'm not saying that. I just mean, in general terms, those kind of players are, are hard to find. But, Peter, I'm going to I'm gonna let you go, and I'm going to take another call here. 
Um, good Lovely. to talk to you Appreciate again. I, 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 I hope you hear from David O'Leary soon. Fingers crossed, my man. Best luck to yourself and James, and uh, well done on the show. All right, man. Chat soon, son. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hello. 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 Andrew. Yes. Right. It doesn't sound like you. Sounds like Arsbog. Oh um, um, yeah, you know that cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the guy who you found out where Burger King was. It's in, in Lincolnshire, by the way. But, um, oh hey, what was, um, what's your name? <laughs> it's Stuart, mate. All right. So and you're I'm s- chatting with the pub. <laughs> um, yeah basically what I want to ask is if he signs up for another two years mm. does that not mean that he is not putting the best interest of the club and the players at heart and he's just a selfish old man who is afraid that someone else will come in and do a better job than you know, like a little child lays on all its toys doesn't want to share do you think that's his situation is if he goes and someone does better he'll lose the uh, the sort of like aura that's being created about him mm. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know really how he can look at this and think that the the best thing for the football club or the best thing for him, even mm. as a manager, as a person, is mm. to stay on another two years. My feeling is that he perhaps feels responsible for the fact that it's going badly and feels like he wants to fix it, maybe, or doesn't want to leave it. In in a bad way, you know that. Okay, look, this season has not been good and it's not gone well, but you know, give me a yeah. chance to fix this. That's kind of where my thinking is, because you know, yeah. you know the way they they are a bit. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shy. No, <laughs> that's one good word, but I just mean that in in football terms, sometimes managers and players they can live in sort of a bubble. Mm. Right where they don't yeah. necessarily fe- understand the depth of of feeling, and I do wonder if Arsene Wenger sometimes doesn't quite realise how mm. how many people would like to see a change of manager at this point. Because remember the yeah. the other week the uh, the pre- the protesters outside the training ground, the guy dressed up as Alexis Sanchez and everything else, and Arsene Wenger said something about, well, last week there was three guys here protesting outside, but when I went somewhere, there was ten people who were really positive, and you're thinking, where the fuck did you go? You know, where... Hmm. So, probably you went to Tottenham, I should think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the way he plays football, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like thumbing in a slacky. It's when you've had too much to drink and you're trying to sort of like get passionate with the other half, and it, they just hit a wall of, I just keep prodding and prodding and prodding mm. and then nothing, mm. you know, and Alexis looks broken. I think Ozil and Alexis are a lot better than they're making out. I think it's him that's ruining the players. I don't think they're all crap. No, I... I think even Kieran Gibbs is a player. I, I think uh, you're completely right because, you know, you look at what happened with Chelsea when they decided to down tools um, under Mourinho. It's the same squad plus Kante that's walking away with the league. So it's, yeah. I don't think it's the players. And, uh, you know, as something even Wenger said himself, he said these are the same players that went 19 games unbeaten in the first half of this season. Like in the yeah. first half of this season, um, maybe people have forgotten, but I think there was a, almost a genuine optimism yeah. that something might happen because you looked at the squad, you, it looked full. We'd spent money in the summer. Yeah. We seemed to have addressed yeah. the various issues that we had. We had almost too many strikers for once. We'd sent our halves, we'd midfielders all over the place, and, and we went on 19-game unbeaten run, and people thought, wow, wow, okay. And now yeah. it's it's turned completely. So, I, you know, I don't think that... Um, these are really crap players. I don't think that the players are doing themselves justice. And I, and I also think that uh, for, for Arsene Wenger to say that the uncertainty around his future isn't playing a part, I think it's completely wrong as well. I think it's it's no. very obvious that it is. I mean, I don't know if they've actually down tools, but... No, um, I don't think so. They hear the same crap every week. Yeah. Um, you know, when you've got someone like Steve Bold, who wasn't a bad defender, mm. not being allowed to do the job, you know, I mean, George used to drill them and drill them. That's what you need to do. You need to be drilling the, the, the players. And yeah. they're not a bad bunch of lads. It's just something is inherently wrong with the team. And I think, basically, it's him. Mm. I think you're you know, right. I, and I don't know about Stan. I mean, if he turned around and thought for a minute, the better Arsenal do, the more money he'll make. Because he's only in it for the money. Somebody so. somebody sent me something yesterday, and it, it summed mm. up Cronky really well. Let me see if I can find it here. Um. Yeah, this is it. He's um, um, 
It was, uh, oh yeah, James, James Vincent McMorrow, the singer. And he, yeah. he said to me that he's a big fan of US sports. And he said he watches a lot of Cronkies teams. And this is a great point. He said the the teams are never good enough to, to be really, really successful, but also never yeah. too bad to lose the ticket sales. And I think that's the, that's yeah. the existence that Cronky thinks he has at Arsenal. And as long as that yeah. continues, he won't be minded to change very much. No, of course he won't, because obviously you think about it, all he's got to do is think, OK, people won't be needing the season tickets, but I'll have people coming from the States, coming from Japan. Mm. That's where the money is. He does not care about the, the club. He doesn't care about the players. He doesn't care about the fans. Yeah, he um, doesn't. But, you know, right. anyway, so it's a sad indictment of the modern age where money talks. Um, sure I think is. Alexis has decided to go, which is why, he, instead of playing into the middle, he's stuck him out on the left. Mm. Um Anyway, anyway, we'll see. But look, um, yeah. I'm going to go take another call. Thanks for million. Yeah, cheers, mate. I uh, hope you get your cheers, burgers uh, burger situation sorted. Oh, well, they've opened them on in town in the old football ground. So. <laughs> right, mate. Cheers. Head take on. it easy. Bye-bye. Hello. Oh, hello. Here you going? How are you? Who's who's this? This is Troy. Hello, Troy. Where where are you? I'm in Australia. Yes. I, I kind of figured that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? It's the accent or lack of accent that gives it away. Oh, it's the complete, the completely neutral accent. It can only be as neutral as that in in Australia. Um, exactly. Must, must be late there, no? Yeah, it is actually. It's actually, I think it's what half past one in the morning. And what are you doing up so late? Well, I actually saw you thing on Twitter about that you're going to have another phone in. And since it's already Good Friday here and I don't have to be at work, I figured I'll just wait up and see if I get through. All right. Well, you did and you have. Congratulations. And happy Good Friday much, to you. This is wonderful. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you want to talk about? I was going to talk about, I mean, let's face we're going to talk about our team and our situation at the moment. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think that part of this might be just a little bit sort of entitled? Like, if you look at, okay, we're not having a good season. But if you look at it in terms of, like, raw numbers, for the first time in two decades, we're only going to finish above another 14 teams. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see that point of view. I can see that point of view. I guess I will counter that, though, by saying that we, we have spent an awful lot of money over the last few years on transfer fees. And those transfers were made to make the club... Uh, the team more competitive to give it a better chance of winning uh, the Premier League or going further in the Champions League. And what seems to have happened is by spending that money, we've kind of gone backwards. And I think that's where a lot of the, the issues come from because we were always, we were always sort of told, wait till 2014, wait till 2014 when we can renew the sponsorship deals and the kit deals and we can properly invest in the squad rather than having to scratch around in sort of mid-shelf, lower-shelf players. You know, and, and during that time, I, you know, as I said on, on the Arscast Extra on Monday, I think people will look back on that time and, and view finishing in the top four with some of the teams we had and some of the players we had as a real achievement. Um, but I think as well, it's just the, it's the fact that it is the same season, but just a bit worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I think, and I think that's fair enough. I think like, you know, if you, I mean, you can look at things in numbers and stats and breakdowns, but, you know, I, th- I think you're right. I think they have spent a lot of money and we've been promised that, you know, things are going to get better and things will change and we'll be a, a genuine contender. And I think, like you've said a number of times, and I and I tend to agree with, is that it just comes from the board. Like I saw a thing on TV here the other night, and I was Daniel Levy, the Tottenham boss, mm. talking about his team and just the passion that he had for the game. And I was like, we're a club, we're a football club. And I mean, I know they're all businesses, I get that. Yeah, but it was a football person and someone that was at the top that was genuinely interested in the sport. Mm. And I think, you know, a lot of the times, you know, the players take get the hit, and they should. If they're not performing, the manager should. I mean, I'm a Wenger fan, but, you know, results, you know, is what you're there for. But, you know, it's that bore thing. To hear him talk about the club and what he wanted to do and everything, it's like, God, that that's the thing that we need. Yeah, we don't and, have it, do and, we? No, we don't. And I think the frustrating thing is that, 
you know, there's a lot of things about you spoke about it, saying how people should you know give up their memberships and you know show through you know not turning up and don't go to the games and that sort of thing, and that might show people. But the reality is, is that if you know a hundred people give up their season tickets, there's another three thousand on a list waiting for those tickets anyway. Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, I've never been. I've never. Don't think I've ever said that people should give up their memberships or not go. But uh, no, no, no. I think, but like, there's that whole. I don't know. Sorry, I shouldn't have said you didn't say that. But it's more people sort of in general saying, "Oh, well, if we don't go, then that'll show them." Yeah. No. I mean, you know, I think it does. I think when it comes right down to it, disinterest is the greatest form of protest that can be made by fans. But what you can't yeah. do, what you can't do is tell people not to go you can't say to people you no. can't go you shouldn't go and watch the game of the team that you support you know the season ticket you paid for the club that you love regardless of how bad things are but what will happen is if the football remains bad and if the results remain bad and if the board continue to ignore the concerns of fans the way that they have then people will stop going and it's those empty seats that will become an issue um but i think you're you're absolutely right that it, it there's something fundamentally missing from the very top of the club, this desire, yeah. this this ambition. Because what happened was there was a huge ambition for, from the old board, regardless of what people think of them now or what they did with their shares, et cetera, et cetera. But to move from Highbury to the Emirates was an extraordinarily ambitious project at a time yeah. when, you know, you, you think back where they had to scrimp and save and get all these loans. And what, what, what this other board have done, they've come in, they've inherited this. They've inherited a new stadium. They've inherited a, a 60,000 seater stadium. They've inherited all this corporate um, hospitality. They've inherited a, a football market that uh, provides them with more cash than they really know what to do with. So why would they even think that they have to be in any way ambitious? They can just, they're just there. They've, they've got this thing. So I don't think there's any real uh, desire for the club to do anything other than just exist in the same way that it, uh, it, it is right now. There's nobody at the top of this club saying, we have got to be Champions League winners in five years. Let's say that's a plan. Yeah. There's nobody saying, we have got to win the Premier League within two years. There's nobody saying that to anybody. Like, it's obviously the aim of the manager every season to win the the league and to, to win the Champions League and to win all the competitions that they're in on a very basic level. But there's nobody driving that. There's nobody really behind us um, driving that. And I think that's something that this club is really badly missing. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's the issue. And that's why I think a lot of people have hooked in on Wenger because, Wenger because it's like, how do you get to the board? You can't change the board. No one can change the board. Mm. And I think that's the frustrating part is that we all know that that is where it's coming from the top but we have no one. We can't go and buy at those shares. We can't take over as, you yeah. know, put anyone on the board. We can't, you know, as a supporter, even as a group of supporters, there's not one supporter group big enough that could affect that sort of change. And I think that's the frustrating part. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, Troy. Well, listen, good talking to you. Have yourself a, a very good, good Friday. And, you too. Uh, thanks for the call, man. No worries. Cheers, man. Hello. Yeah, good evening. Good evening to you. Who's this? Uh, my name is David. Hi, David. Where are you? I'm in Nigeria. All right. A lot of Nigerian uh, Arsenal fans out there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're many. <laughs> so, what do you want to chat about? I don't know. What 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 do you want? What what haven't you talked about? What what are you interested in talking about that you haven't talked about? That's a good question. We've talked about uh, Arsene Wenger and Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil and Stan Kroenke and Ivan Gazidis and the board and fans singing at players so, so we talked so about pretty, a lot pretty much everything or pretty much yeah do you hear about the um neil sanchez 300,000 deal yeah yeah what do you think I, I think i think it's too much you know it's too much money yes i think it's too much money for him or for any player for sanchez do you think I mean, yeah don't get me wrong I'm, i i i like i like sanchez and everything but I just feel the club is giving him so much importance. Trust me, he can do a lot more than what he's doing right now. You think he can play better? Yeah, I think he can play a whole lot better. Do you do you have a theory as think, to why he's not playing better? Uh, yeah, I think 
Sanchez can play a whole lot better. I think I don't I don't want to sound like all those people that you know just complain. If he becomes more of a team player, he loses the ball a lot and stuff like that. He's a very good player, but I don't think offering him that much would be the solution to our problems. I think we should go into the market and get a few more players. I've been a Wenger fan all my life. I I love Asen Wenger, but then I think now it's time for him to go because mm. something has to change. I think you're right. I think you're right. Something has to change. Um, I'm not sure yeah, that something definitely has to change. I'm not sure that I don't know. I don't know who I want. I do, sorry for interrupting. That's okay. I don't know who I want to to succeed him. I don't. I have no ideas in my mind. He just has to leave. Yeah. After this season. Yeah. But then, but then I think what would happen is that he would win the FA Cup and then people and then the board would let him stay. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Yeah. But uh, you know, it would yeah. be great. It would be great if he won the FA Cup and decided that now was a good time. It would be, it would be a great thing for him to to, to have yeah, a right. to have a good a good moment and yeah. and then leave. I think that would be it. But David, yeah, like yeah. you know, as 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 he's celebrating the FA Cup victory, he just pick a microphone and announce to the fans like, "Yo, guys, I'm leaving," and then everybody would be happy because he won the FA Cup and be happy because he's leaving. And then the world will not come to an end anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, David. Listen, thank you. The line's a bit bad, so I'm going to take one more call. Uh, but thank you for, for calling in. All right. I, I think you should do this more often. I think it's a good idea. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> bye-bye. I'll, Bye. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Andrew. Yes, who's that? Uh, my name's Nick. I'm calling from London. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Am I live? Yeah, no, you're not live. Uh, we are recording, though. So uh, oh, okay, there you go. You you <laughs> are going to be sorry. you're going to be the final caller on on this uh, particular show. So no pressure on oh, you God. to make it uh, brilliant or anything. Just let's have a chat. Well, <laughs> well, I finished I finished work about ten minutes ago. So I thought I'd uh, yeah, I thought I thought I'd be coming to a bit late. I don't think I'd actually get through. So uh, yeah, no pressure at all. No. Um, I've got two questions actually. One's unrelated to football. Okay. And one is so I'll go with the first one about Arsenal. Yes. Um, the I don't know if you've covered it yet or not, but it was about the Oxlade Chamberlain situation about um, obviously Liverpool potentially coming in for him with a thirty-five million bid, which I think sounds a little bit um, you know a little bit glorified to be honest. Yeah. Um, I can imagine they might be interested at the same time, but I just wanted to kind of get your take on it to think would that be. You know, would this be about the right time to maybe consider a big money offer for him, considering how many years I don't think he's really, like, truly realised his potential? I know mm. that his, his numbers are pretty good this season. They're actually a lot better, I think, than they have been in the past. Yeah. But in the same token, obviously, um, he was obviously given a bit more time of, you know, of the role in midfield, even though I don't think that's something that no one's really completely confident in yet because he did have a little bit of a, a good run and then he obviously got taken out of the firing line again, I think. Yeah. I can't remember what game it was that he didn't have a good game. But so just, yeah, my question was, do you think we should probably cash in on him if now's the time? Or maybe if, you know, if there is the opportunity for him to sign a new contract, do you think he should maybe be given one and then give him more of a, you know, kind of a midfield role? Mm, I, I, where where exactly he's going to play, I, I don't know. I, th- I find the whole situation really strange because he still is only 23 and he's got his best years as a footballer ahead of him. But there appears to be a real reluctance on the part of the club to give him a new deal. Even though Arsene Wenger said, I want him to stay, it's vital that he stays, it would be damaging for the club if he left because they've invested so much time in him as a player to get him yeah. to the point where he's going to mature. Like... From what we understand, there has been no deal offered to him by Arsenal. His agents let some stuff slip there a few weeks ago. They said that, you know, even if a deal was offered now, you know, they feel sort of affronted by how late it is. It doesn't really show any desire to keep him and, you know, he would reject that. And I'm pretty sure that the stories about him going to Liverpool, it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool were interested at all, but I, I I have this suspicion that the the story is also a way of trying to put some pressure on Arsenal to make a decision one way or the other. By saying Liverpool wouldn't be put off by a thirty five million pound fee is a way of saying, look, we have this option now because uh, you know it's now down to you to to put up or shut up in terms of Oxlade Chamberlain. As far as we can tell, the club have no great desire um, to keep him. So it's it's a really yeah. strange situation. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, and I think it's also a very odd one that usually when any kind of player at the club, I mean, I can't remember the last time it's really happened where 
they've started to come up for the last year of their contract. And I don't think he's done so badly that he shouldn't be offered a new deal. Um, but I find it really odd that there's just been so much silence from the club and yeah. how they, you, I mean, there's been so much talk about Ozil and Alexis. I know that obviously they're at a, you know, completely different you sure. know, level of how big stars they are at the club. But obviously I still think Chamberlain is a, a brilliant squad player that obviously can come in and do a job. And he's still not, as I, as I said earlier, he hasn't not totally realised his potential, but you can obviously see that it's there and that yeah. he has actually made improvements this year. So, yeah, it is a really bizarre situation that they've just not come out and really said anything. And yeah. I don't know if the, de- the deal is actually on the table or not. I'm not too sure if I've read anything about that. Or I, don't if- think, I don't think it is. And the thing about Oxley no. Chamberlain that strikes me is that, like, if he's 26 now, you go, well, I don't know if we could offer a guy who's 26 a new long-term contract. But, you know, you could easily give Oxley chamberlain four or five years and if in two seasons from now he hasn't kicked on in any meaningful way if he hasn't nailed down a first team place and is not a, a better player than he is now you still have the ability to sell a 25 year old 26 year old player um yep. halfway through his contract for a very big transfer fee probably well for a reasonable transfer fee assuming that you know his form doesn't you know fall out the toilet so um yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see <laughs> Yeah, and um, no, thanks a lot for that. The other quick question was, um, I'm going to be going to Barcelona for the first time this summer. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to ask, because I know that you obviously go there pretty much every year, are there any kind of good places to go, any good bars, anything like that you could kind of recommend? Oh, my goodness. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> that was probably not the easiest question. Where, where do you even start with that? Um, the, there are lots of really good places that you can go and you can eat and drink in Barcelona. It's obviously um, a fantastic city for that, but I think uh, probably the best thing for you to do is to drop me an email um, cool. yep. and uh, I, I've got sort of a list of things that I tend to send people if they go oh have you got any uh, got any tips for Barcelona so um, uh, just stay on there and uh, yeah I mean I will, I'll, the only thing that I do kind of know that I'll be doing will be the Barcelona ground tour as manically mm. depressing as that might be especially at the moment with the way things are with us yeah but, you know, <laughs> I mean it is it is worth fun. doing it is definitely worth doing and there's there's a lot to see there Um so, uh, yeah, have fun. I'm going myself this summer as well, so I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, oh, brilliant. All right. Well, listen, thanks for the call. No, thank you, Andrew. And, uh, yeah, thanks for everything you do. I can't even remember how long I've been listening for now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, keep it up. And I hope to hear a Tony Adams poem this week as well. I'll be quite disappointed if there isn't one at the end of the pod. So, all right. Well, you've no given you yeah. me an idea there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, there you go. My thanks to everybody who uh, called in uh, via Skype or via telephone. Thanks very much indeed for taking the time. And for those of you who didn't get through, it's like completely mental. What happens is my Skype is open and there are just like calls coming through all the time. So when I'm on a call, I can see all these people trying to call through as well. Some people got a bit fed up because I couldn't quite get to their call. So I apologize for that. I did try and get to the people uh, who've been calling the most, but uh, some of them uh, didn't call back. But it's it's not not the most technically um, fantastic setup. It is what it is and uh, you can hear me just going hello and I've got really no idea who's going to be on the other end but uh, you know it seemed alright and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you uh, enjoyed hearing from from other fans a bit as well because uh, you know like I said at the start I just could not face another in-depth discussion about everything that's going on because nothing has changed since uh, Tuesday since James and I did the Arscast Extra. So, um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, we've got a, a weekend free of football yet again. It's Easter weekend for those of you who celebrate that. Have a great time with your families and friends and whatever it is that you do. Um, James and I will hopefully be here with an Arscast Extra on Tuesday. We might have an issue because James will not be in the country. He's not going to be in the UK, so we've got to try and figure out some Wi-Fi stuff, and hopefully it'll be all right. But uh, we'll do our best uh, to get something out for you on Tuesday. Um, but look, keep an eye on the Twitter, at uh, Arsblog and at Gunnerblog, and we'll keep you up to date on that. So look, have a great weekend, whatever it is you do. Let's hope that some of the results this weekend go our way, whatever that means at this point. And uh, by Monday, we might have sorted ourselves out and uh, figured out how to win a football game again. That would be nice. Uh, So look, thank you very much indeed, as ever, for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.
Hello everyone, Tony Adams here with another poem on the Arsecast. Those of you that keep up to breast with all the latest football news will know that I am now the new head coach of Granada. Coincidentally, my favourite model of Ford car. But as great as Spain is, I have to look beyond that for my poem this week. And as we all know, the best poetry comes from Ireland. From Limerick, in fact. And this week's poem goes a little bit like this. An Arsenal man went to Granada. He said to the players, Oi, try harder. He wasn't a joker, but he signed Rio Coca. And that's my... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Revenge for the Spanish Armada. Thank you very much.